Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. Good morning to all. See, there's a message in chat. I'm just going to look at it for a moment. Well, uh, very, very good. And thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Um, if, if you would, Maria, if you can share the screen of the photograph that I sent you. Okay, so I want to tell a story as a frame for an exercise that I hope we will do uh, later on uh, and that you'll be able to join me in. This is a photograph that I took in my backyard and um, folks who have seen me over the last month in the uh, uh, week, weekday um, uh, Zazen periods that I've been able to lead have noticed that I'm wearing a brace on my arm. Uh, a, a month ago yesterday, I was passing through the gate that you can just see slightly to the right and to the left, the wooden posts of the gate, uh, from my driveway on the side of my house to the backyard at the side of my house and to the garden area. And um, you can see that I uh, have been spending a lot of time and money on gardening this year. I actually started last year. Uh, my my wife jokes that I'm um, that I'm turning into my father, uh, uh, who was a very passionate gardener in his later years, and uh, I think it's true. It's really it's getting to be more and more interesting to me, uh, with uh, various successes and failures that I've had to be able to learn about things. And we have just a pile of stuff there but the story is that i was walking in I, I was going from my car into the garden area pushing a wheelbarrow and uh, the wheelbarrow had three bags of um, uh, potting soil in them or raised bed soil that i bought at costco on special and um, they were in slightly damp plastic bags each weighed about 40 pounds and uh, I was pushing them and as I reached the area between the relatively flat stones and the relatively bumpy stones that you can see there uh, those bags of compost were not in the way at the time uh, but um, as I reached that area the um, bags started to slip out of the wheelbarrow and I tried to adjust, but my foot caught on something and I began to fall over. And uh, so, and I fell down and I, I actually fractured a, have a, a small fracture in a, in a bone in the radius just below the wrist uh, or above the wrist, I should say. Um, but the story that I wanna tell is about 
the what uh, what went on in my mind as I was falling. Time slowed to uh, a, a crawl. It was and I was able to perceive several different things at the same time. One, I saw that the concrete block that you can see in uh, the right of the uh, the photograph that it was there and that I was falling toward it and was likely to hit my head. Uh, and um, having scraped my skin on these concrete blocks, which I use for various things in the garden, uh, I knew that that would be a terrible thing. And, and um, so my, the, the quick acting survival parts of my brain and body took over and started making adjustments, kind of flexing my body as I fell to the, and, and um, so that my head was moving backward, not forward toward that block. And uh, at the same time, I could perceive that my um, discursive mind, the thought-making discursive mind, was having thoughts such as, oh, I'm doing okay. I'm gonna, I'm, this is gonna work out okay. I'm, I'm making adjustments and uh, I'm not gonna hit my head. This is really good. And uh, uh, it did work out that way, although, it, again, this, the sequence renewed multiple times during the space of what can't have been more than a second. Um, and, and, then, and yet there was another part of my mind that was aware of the fact that the, what my discursive mind was saying, this thing about I am making these just, is adjustments, it was aware that that was not correct and that what was happening was much faster than I could think about it and much faster than any willed action I could take, uh, which is lucky since I didn't have much time. Uh, but I, I had a felt sense also, and this is, the, this is the point of the talk, this is why I'm bringing this up, because it has a lot to do with the class that Peg is teaching this time and, it, and a lot to do with a, a book that um, uh, Apamata Sangha member Medis Sharifian has uh, to, told me about that I've started reading by Ajay Shanti. And I don't have the name of the book in front of me here. I'll, I'll, I'll get it in just a minute. I'll, I'll quote from it. But it's about, uh, oh, it's called The Direct Path. And it's about uh, the Direct Way, 30 Practices to Evoke Awakening. I had been reading some of that, and I was aware through those practices that um, it is possible to be aware of awareness itself as a frame in which these other things arise. And, um, and I've been thinking about that ever since. It's a, it, and, and trying to make sense of the experience, trying to, it, but not in a way that has to do with a story in which I am the main actor, but rather just that awareness holds everything, including the survival parts of the brain, the storytelling parts of the brain, and this awareness itself in a kind of amazingly recursive way. That um, and they, that they are all all those things are are gifts of the universe to us as human beings. So um, 
What I want to suggest is that we break. It is now 1010. I'm doing pretty good on time. That we break for 20 minutes or, or go into small groups for 20 minutes. Thank you, Maria. That's great. Um, and uh, let's see how many people are participating. I can't see. 20, 20 people. So Maria, you decide how many, how many people should be in each group and how many groups there should be. Um, and, uh, but, but not, uh, okay, not more than four people in a group so that there'll be time. So I'm going to give some simple instructions for what to do while you are in the group. So sit together and let your body relax and actually feel the relaxation. Spend time feeling the relaxation and then uh, transition your thoughts to your breath and your feelings about your body. And this, these feelings are the ones that the Buddha describes in the uh, 12-fold chain or arrangements of dependent co-arising. The feelings are not um, what you feel in your body, the sensations, but how, how you approach them, that is. Are you leaning toward the feeling, wanting more of it? Or are you leaning away from whatever sensations you're having or thought you're having? And um, leaning away, wanting to avoid, wanting to stop, not wanting any more, those sorts of things. It's those, those are the feelings that the Buddha was talking about and that I would like you to, to pay attention to. And finally, in the, the step that um, Adyashanti suggests, then be aware of awareness itself. That is the space that the feelings that you have about your contact with the physical world and your mental landscape, the, the space that those feelings arise in. And just spend time with it if you can. And it's, you know, it's, it's a deep practice. It's not easy to spend time with it. Our minds and our bodies are in constant motion and in constant need of refreshing sensation and thought. And if there's nothing going on, our minds will make up things for us to be interested in and so on. But again, we can pay attention to how we meet those events as they arise. We can see if we are leaning toward, wanting more of, leaning back, wanting to stop, not wanting any more of those sorts of things. So again, if you can focus on the space in which that awareness arises. And if you, you know, if you're if you're troubled by physical sensations or, or thoughts, meet them in some friendship. They too are gifts of the universe. They are what mean we are alive just as much as the awareness itself. But the, to be able to spend enough time to feel the, that sense of awareness in the body, in the mind, that openness, that is a gift that we can give ourselves as we, and to work with the gifts of the universe. So that's it. I'd like you to spend some time and then um, share within the group 
some about what you noticed and then come back and, and please uh, share with a larger group what you noticed that, that seems worth sharing, okay? Um, and let's say, let's, it's now 10, 14. Um, let's uh, come back at uh, 10.35, okay? So approximately 20 minutes from, from now. I hope that works. Thank you. Would you like to be in a group, Joel? Yes, yes, thank you. If that works. Yes, yes, of course. Right, I'll take you there now. Looks like we're all back. And um, Maria, can people unmute themselves if they want to speak? Yes, yes, they can. Thank you. Um, I, I want to say that I, I left out something I think that was important for me and that I had hoped to say before, but I just forgot it uh, when I was talking before. And that is that I described these kind of two parts of my brain, my, my sensorium, etc., that I was feeling at, at this time when I was falling. One, a kind of survival brain acting fast. Another, a discursive brain that was um, making up stories about what was going on to make sense out of things. And definitely the discursive part of the brain had to do with a sense of maintaining a separate self. Uh, and um, having a sense of control, maybe, uh, of what was out of control, uh, or at least out of control of that part. Uh, but what I, what I mentioned in my, my small group with Ellen and Shashi and um, uh, sorry, I've lost the picture here, so I've lost track. Oh. Uh, thank you, Gail. Yeah. <laughs> um, that um that the survival part of the brain was also feeling separate you know just the same way an amoeba does the same way a, uh, a tiger wandering the streets of houston looking for food does that there's a you know that the the um these parts of the brain also i, I would say I, i'm used to the idea that getting away from discursive thoughts can be freeing within the normal kind of self-construction that we are doing all the time. But I don't think that's that's the beginning or the end of it, that it's also embedded within these other structures of the brain that keep us alive, that keep us breathing, that keep our hearts beating, that keep us safe uh, in uh, threatening situations. So um, I, I wanted to say that as well. So and I, now I will be quiet and I hope others will share thoughts and reactions. I might uh, share some talking about that discursive part. Uh, in my group, it seemed like we went to places in nature. You know, we were aware of what we were hearing around us. 
and that that really added to our calmness and our getting out of self. I think it, I think what my group uh, experienced is, is just what you were talking about, Joel. Thank you. I wanted to um, to share something I noticed in my group with Joel and Shashi and Ellen, and it was about something Shashi said about um, this push-pull during meditation with the things you like and the things you don't like. And I thought when you're pushing, it's almost a way of grasping because you want to grasp at the something you do like, you know? In my case, I don't want to feel my hip, but I'm also suddenly aware of the sound of raindrops. So I'm going to move toward the raindrops and away from the hip. But if I don't move these feelings one way or the other, I notice that the hip and the raindrops are fleeting and they just are coming and going. And that's where I'm able to to kind of rest, um, I guess you could say a little bit, um, in, in what's aware of the raindrops in the hip, you know? And um, so that, that was something that I was, um, I was thinking about. And I appreciate um, Flint when I asked him, what do you do when you're thinking? He just said, thinking. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just a way of not pushing or pulling. It's not that you don't want it, but you're not, you know, um, grabbing onto it in any way, shape or form. It's just thinking. And I guess you could do the same thing about sense perceptions, hearing, seeing, feeling. And um, anyway, that's kind of what I got from listening to my group. Um, and thank you, Shashi, for pointing out the pushing away is something that <laughs> we all want to do, but it's the same, it's a grasping of some sort. Can I say something? Oh, please. Uh, yeah, um, I really appreciated this exercise. I found it really useful. Um, as some of you are aware, my daughter's got an operation in a couple of weeks time and it's getting closer. And I've been sitting with like a, a real strong anxiety and terror in my chest. And, and Katie has her fear. And, and I've been trying to work out, you know, this is her fear. And then I, what's mine and what's hers and it's getting all meshed up. And I think what this exercise did is I, I really sat with that feeling. And, and it's very strong. And then I've noticed that I'm trying to create images like sitting at Zazen in the morning with everybody and to try and get away from that feeling and to try and, and just find some sort of um, reprieve from it. And, and with this exercise, I sat with that feeling. And then you, one of your instructions was, are you leaning towards it? Are you leaning away from it? And I led, I leant towards it. And as I leant towards it, I found myself like an image of arms coming around the feeling and just staying with it and comforting that feeling. 
and then sitting back again and and seeing the space between the feeling and the other thoughts that I'm having and the other feelings that I'm having and then coming back to that feeling. So it really helped me to create some space around um, struggling to deal with um, not knowing if it's the right decision, if she's going to be okay, if she isn't going to be okay, how she's going to be, but really kind of being able to sit with all of that and, and just and give it some compassion. So that was really useful for me. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Maria, for your beautiful talk and, and, and what you just shared. Welcome. Good morning. This is Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, what it's reminding me of is in Buddhist action now, we're, uh, we've been reading uh, Standing at the Edge by Joan Halifax. And there, there are similarities in all this where uh, some of it is uh, freedom and courage and what to do with a situation that causes suffering. And that goes into what Peg is teaching and being in that space and uh, being willing to sit with that and I, I really like the idea of, um, of looking at that space and uh, trying to make friends with that and see what comes out of it. So um, thank you. I can use that today. If there's no one else, we're coming close to the end of our time. And um, I wanna thank everyone for participating. <laughs>